Thankful for that. Thankful for that real lion. Thank, thankful for that lion of the tribe of Judah. You know, Judah means praise. He come out of it. That's, well, I'll tell you, what a weapon. Well, there's a lot to preach right there, but I'm not the preacher today. Brother Jake, come on. Preach to us this morning. Let's give the Lord a hand as he comes. Keep this worship going through the preaching of the word. Let God touch your heart today. Let's give that to the Lord one more time. God is just so good. His presence is awesome. And I'm thankful for... Well, you'll see in just a minute. I'm thankful for thankfulness. If you've noticed, we've uh, sang a lot today about gratitude and the goodness of God and thankfulness. That really is the way that we're supposed to enter into the presence of God. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. I don't want to get ahead of myself today. But I ask for the next few minutes that you would... As much as you can, I know it's, you know, we're coming up, you know, on a holiday and, you know, people are already traveling out of town, different things. But for a few minutes today while I preach this word, I, I just ask that you keep your mind on the Lord yes. and on the goodness of God. And we're going to we're going to talk about being thankful today in First Thessalonians chapter five. Thessalonians 5 and verse 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I'm going to stop right there. And I'm going to talk today for a few minutes about thankful hearts. Let's give God some thanksgiving right now as we pray for the word today. God, I thank you just for the freedom in worship that I feel in this house. God, I feel such a liberty in the Holy Ghost in this place. Lord, we've rejoiced. God, we've sang about your goodness and your faithfulness. But today, Lord, as I preach your word, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to receive from your word and be changed and made better and be what you want us to be. Help us today. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the honor and glory and praise. Clap your hands unto God. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
This is the time of year that we really emphasize thankfulness. Just like, uh, just like we do with Christmas and, and the birth of Jesus. We emphasize it more this time of year. But just as we really shouldn't forget about the Lord robing Himself in flesh and coming to us, you know, for the rest of the year, so we shouldn't lose our thankfulness, our thankful hearts, when November is over, right? Now, I don't really do good about preaching holiday messages. This is not a holiday message. I am taking, uh, you know, I'm, I'm capitalizing on the fact that we're coming up on Thanksgiving, but the Lord uh, really directed me to this today. We shouldn't lose our thankful hearts when November is over. We just read, in everything, give thanks. I think a lot of pastors' lesson went really well with what I'm about to talk about today. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. And if I was going to preach a message and tell you you ought to be thankful, that really would be all I needed to show you today. Because <laughs> he said, in everything, and everything means everything, give thanks because this is the will of God concerning you. How can I expound any more on that? We ought to give thanks in everything. And while I could stop right there, I, I want us to understand some things today and help us with some things. We do have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm, I'm just telling you today that I, I feel, I've been putting this into practice, been making sure that I've been putting this into practice, knowing that I was about to preach this message today. And so I feel thankful today. And my heart is full of the joy of the Lord today. And I'm a little bit excited because I've realized when I just take a step back and look that I have a lot to be thankful for. And you might say, well, I don't. There's, there's, there's a lot of mess going on in my life right now. And I don't have anything to be thankful for. But I'm going to tell you today, you do have some things to be thankful for. In 2 Corinthians, Paul gives thanks to God for the indescribable gift of God's grace. He said, thanks be to God for, uh, for His unspeakable gift. And he's talking about the, that grace of God that covers us and helps us. And, and he was talking to a people who, who received that grace and were very good about giving out that same grace. And he was saying, I'm thankful for this unspeakable gift of God's grace. And it's unspeakable because it covers my life when it doesn't make sense for it to cover my life. I'm thankful for the grace of God. If nothing else, I'm thankful for the grace of God today. Amen? About a million times in Psalms, and uh, even in 1 Chronicles, we give thanks unto the Lord because He is good 
and his mercy endureth forever. Over and over and over and over again, you'll find, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. If I find myself saying I've got nothing to be thankful for, I ought to say, you know what? I'm going to praise God because he is good. This situation's not good, but God is good. Life might not be so good, but God is good. And His mercy endures forever. So I've got something to be thankful for. In Psalm 97 and 12, we rejoice in the Lord and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. It doesn't even have to do with my holiness. It's His holiness. And I'm thankful that in an unholy world that's filled with darkness and perversion and immorality and all kinds of dark deeds, that I can thank God that I serve a holy God. I can thank Him for His holiness. Yes, I do have something to be thankful for. In Psalm 119, 62, David said, I get up at midnight. Some of us right there just checked out. Nope. I've already been asleep for four hours at midnight. Most likely not me, but. David said, I get up at midnight to thank God for His righteous judgments. I wonder how many of you would try that, set an alarm for 12 a.m., just uh, roll out of bed, but hit your knees and say, God, you're a righteous judge. Thank you. And then get back in bed and go to sleep. That's all he said he did. I'll rise at midnight just to give thanks to God because he's a righteous judge. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows what he's doing and what he's talking about. He knows how to judge this situation. He's a righteous judge. And I thank God that I serve a righteous judge. Amen? Psalm 35 and 18. I will give thanks in the congregation. I will praise thee among much people. You ought to come to church and give him thanks. And I know, thank you if you're sitting in church today, but somebody's going to hear it on the podcast later. You ought to come into the midst of the congregation and in the midst of much people and give thanks to God. We ought to get used to coming in together in the midst of everybody, all these people around us, and give thanks to God together. Amen? Enter His gates with thanksgiving. It matters how I enter into His courts with praise. If you wonder why church just isn't doing it for you anymore. You may have left your thanks at home. If you're wondering why church just ain't doing it for you anymore, you might have come to church and left your thanks at home. You left it in a drawer somewhere. You left it up under something somewhere. It's collecting dust somewhere. And if you didn't come and bring thanks, then it's most likely that you came and brought criticism. It's most likely that you came and brought a sour attitude. But when I enter into his gates, I'm going to come with thanksgiving and say, yeah, I'm going to, how about I do this? I'll leave everything else at home. I'll leave my complaints at home. I'll leave my criticism at home. Everything I got to cry about, I'll leave it at home. And I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving. Because no matter what, God's been good to me. He woke me up this morning. He gave me another chance. His mercies new every morning. His compassions fail not. 
but they're new every morning. So I'm going to enter into the presence of the Lord with thanksgiving in my heart. Amen. You know what else you got to give thanks for? Turn to your neighbor and point at them and say, you. Philippians 1 and 3, to the church. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Amen? You. The first gift that God gave man besides life and fellowship with him was fellowship with another person. It is not good that man should be alone. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. Look at your neighbor, point at somebody and say, you're not alone. Say, thank God for you. And I think we ought to break right now and clap our hands and lift our voice to God and say, thank you for my brother and my sister. Thank you, Lord, for somebody that invited me to church. Thank you, Lord, for somebody that called when I was at my lowest place and said, I'm praying for you. I'm interceding for you. Thank you, God, that I have people in my life. Thank you for giving me somebody. We ought to thank God upon every remembrance of you. Church, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I love my church. I love my people. Amen. Amen. We ought to give God thanks for one another. Another reason, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't even have to take it. I don't even have to struggle for it. He gives me the victory. It's like Pastor says so many times, we're not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. I already have victory. So when I fight, I know I'm going to have victory. And for this, I give God thanks in 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God, which always, anybody know what always means? Always. Thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. If I don't have any other, if I think I, I, I'm going to be unthankful today, I need to check myself and say, you know what? I can thank God for the victory. I can thank God because He always causes me to triumph. I've got something to be thankful for. Church, can you hear what I'm saying today? Am I making any sense when I tell you you've got some things to be thankful for? I might not be thankful for sickness, but I'm thankful that I have a healer. I might not be thankful that I've got this need, but I'm thankful for Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. I might not be thankful for the fact that I don't know which way to go, but I'm thankful I have a way maker. Do you understand what I'm saying today? For everything that you can be unthankful for, you can flip it around and say, but I've got something to be thankful for. Amen. 
You'll have to forgive me for getting a little excited in this holiday message. We've got something to be thankful for. And I could go on and on and on. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's no way today that I, I could go through every scripture about giving thanks. Why don't we just turn to Psalm 1 and 1 and start there and just... All throughout, we're commanded, give thanks. We're not just commanded, but we see examples of giving thanks. We've got some things to be thankful for. I, wanna, I heard this, this uh, point brought up recently. I want to share it with you today. I want to point out to you life's most underrated sin. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'll start in verse 1. It's talking about perilous times. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of them their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Now, I intentionally skipped life's most underrated sin in the middle of all of these horrible sins that are listed here. Right in the middle of all of it, he says, unthankful. We don't think about that. When do we ever think about unthankfulness as being a sin? We think, oh yeah, well, yeah, I should remember to be thankful. But in the middle of all of these horrible sins, right in the middle of it, is life's most underrated sin. And that is to be unthankful. I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. Of all the things listed. Of all the things that he, he's saying, from such turn away. That's what he's saying right there at the end. He says, from such turn away. Blasphemers and despisers of those that are good, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, disobedient, covetous, and lovers of their own selves, unthankful. Unthankfulness is poison, church. Unthankfulness is sin. It's life's most underrated sin. And some of us don't like that right now because we're squirming a little bit because it convicts us. Oh, when I'm unthankful, I'm in sin. Look what kind of company you find yourself in being unthankful. When I am unthankful, I've forgotten some things. When I'm unthankful, I've forgotten about the goodness of God. Because I can't be unthankful and be a worshiper. I can't be unthankful and, and, let, and still have my mind dwelling on Him. I can't be unthankful and come in and, and enter the right way into His presence. 
Unthankfulness is life's most underrated, poisonous, toxic, just soul-killing sin. And I pray that that does convict us today. I'm not trying to be hard on us, but I pray that that does prick our hearts today. God, give me a thankful heart. I heard a preacher friend of mine, we were uh, eating not long ago, just out at a restaurant. And he prayed over the food. And it pricked my heart. Because he said, Lord, thank you for this food and fellowship. Pray that you bless it in Jesus' name. And he said, and God, give us thankful hearts. And that just sounds silly to, you know, to just stick out at you. But it, it made an imprint on my life. Him praying over that Mexican food. He said, God, give us thankful hearts. And I try to remember every time I pray, even for my food now, that I say, God, give me a thankful heart. We need to remember to have a thankful heart hearts. I'd like to make one more point today. I, I haven't, uh, well, I don't think I've gone long. Sometimes I just get going and I'm like, man, I only preach for 10 minutes today. They're like, no, you preach for 45 minutes today, Jake. <laughs> but I want to make one more point to us. Most of all, you know, we, we can be thankful for a lot of things. But where, where we come in danger of uh, really, of forgetting one of the most important things and in turn having an unthankful heart is when we forget to remember and to be thankful that He forgave us when we were unworthy. Some of us, if you find yourself with an unthankful heart, you need to let your mind go back to your first altar experience. Some of us have been in this thing a long time, and some not a very long time, and that's okay. We're laborers together, workers together, one body. Doesn't matter if you've been in this 50 years or, or, or you know, a week. But sometimes you need to go back to that altar experience where you cried and wept and broke before the Lord and you laid your sin on the altar. You repented of your sin. You went down in that water in the name of Jesus and had your sins washed away. Some of you need to remember when you were at the foot of the cross for the first time and allowed yourself to release everything I'd like us to look at Luke 7. I'm going to start in verse 36 and read this account. I feel like to close today that I have a, a word for someone today who feels unworthy to give thanks and praise. And the music can actually be ready as I begin to read this today. And we're going to come to these altars and pray after this. Then <clears throat> Luke 7, 36. One of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. Talking about Jesus. He went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, 
when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with her tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. He said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. And the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And the Lord said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, You see this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. When I came in, thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said to that woman, Thy sins are forgiven. Now you have to think about something. That alabaster box of ointment, it was, it was a kind of box that once it was sealed, the only way to get it out was to break it. Now, I can preach a whole message about that, that sometimes the only way to, uh, to let, it, let that, that anointing flow, that oil flow, we got to be broken. You know, you can preach all kinds of messages from this passage. But that precious oil, it was... It was about 300 pence worth of oil. It was expensive. And every drop of that oil represented every dark deed that this woman had done in order to get the money to pay for that precious ointment. I doubt that anointing the feet of Jesus was what she planned to do with that oil when she bought it. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to, to be mild, but you got to think about what this woman did to get the money 
to have this oil. And when she poured out that oil, she poured out all of the dark deeds that she had done. And the Lord called it worship. And said, your sins are forgiven. I want to end today, and you can stand with me. I want to end by speaking to someone today who feels like you're unworthy to worship and praise and give God thanks. what I want to do today is invite you to the altar and let that box break on the Lord today and if you want to start, if you want a good starting point for thanksgiving if you want a good starting point for a thankful heart you can empty out everything it doesn't matter see that oil was costly when you've got real thanksgiving and real worship and real praise. It's not a show, but it costs you something. And some of us today have a testimony and say, I can worship and I can praise and I can give thanks because it, it, this, this, you don't understand, it cost me something. But I, I'm speaking to somebody today who feels unworthy. What do I got to give God thanks for? Why don't you start? by emptying yourself out and letting the love of God cover you and let God replace darkness and fear anxiety and struggle and worry and whatever it is that's in that box with His love and peace and forgiveness today am I speaking to anybody today so I'm not ending with us doing cartwheels down the aisle but I'm inviting you to come today. I'm inviting you.